Hi, I'm Sissy Graham Lynch. Welcome to Fearless, helping you have a fearless faith in a compromising culture. Welcome back to another episode of Fearless. This episode's gonna be a little bit different. Many people have been sending me the same exact question in my mailbox, so I thought today's episode, I would address that question, and that is, so many of you have wanted to know, what did my husband and I decide to do with our children this fall regarding the new school year and their education? Well, 2020 has been quite the year for everyone. And if you try to describe it, you probably couldn't. And I would actually be afraid to describe it because we're only in September and we have quite a few months left and I'm afraid what might happen. And we're in election year and we know it's gonna be chaotic the next couple of months. But one word that I think many people continue to use is chaotic. This has been a wild year. You know, it started back in March when many of us parents had to take on the role of balancing our work, our home life, and taking on our children's education with a system that wasn't prepared or ready to teach our children at home and to teach them virtually. But one of the hardest things parents have had to face this year, and especially this summer, making decisions about their children's education this fall. And once again, it was chaotic. Because just like in March, the goalposts have continued to be moved. Our education systems and they've made decisions and then it got changed. And the goal line kept getting pushed back. The deadlines kept getting pushed back. Some districts would make decisions and then they would change it on the parents. So how do we as parents decide what is best for our children this year? How do we make decisions and move forward for this education and this school year? But like I said, I have received many questions regarding what I did and what my husband and I decided to do for our children. Many schools have started back, whether it was last week or this week, I know many are starting back after Labor Day. And as parents, we have been trying to navigate this new school year. Like I said, it's been chaotic for every single one of us. And it's the best word I can use to describe it. Some of us are exploring this new life of homeschool that we decided to go down. Some of you are doing online and virtual learning. Some of you are doing like kind of a hybrid method where you're going to school for a couple days a week and then you're at home the rest of it. And then some of you have decided to put your children in private school for the first time because the private schools were going back in person, many of them five days a week. And it might seem like kind of the most normal and fluid way for your children. But parents, we have all been carrying a heavy load since March. We've balanced work, we've balanced homeschool, we've balanced this, what they're calling the new normal, although I don't accept it to be the new normal. And it's once you make a decision, then it all changes again because the school system and everybody else, it's just all shift backwards. So even a few weeks ago, there were school districts that kept moving their start date back. So how are we as parents supposed to make a decision best for our children when we couldn't get the answers, we didn't know the facts, and our school systems kept pushing start dates back and how our children would be learning? And I know many moms out there struggled with their decisions of what they would do for their children. And many of you, you've already made those decisions and moved forward, but there's been no special formula for us as parents this year. 
what works for one family, that doesn't mean it's going to work for another family. And if you have multiple children in your family, what works for one child doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to work for your other child, just with their different personalities, their different learning abilities. And depending on where you live, your education options probably differ from your friends or from your family, your brothers and sister-in-laws. It could differ from those who you go to church with. And there's just been so many multiple factors that we've all had to consider. And we've had to consider it just personally for our family. And I know if you get busy watching the news or you are following maybe your school system and what they're saying or what your friends are saying or what your parents are saying, it's hard to make decisions. And I think for most of us, we had to come to the point where we had to shut all of that off, turn to God and say, "What, God, what do you want me to do for my children? You've entrusted me with them. What is best for each of my children? And that's one thing I've learned this year, and I'm sure many of others, that in 2020, we've had to be fully reliant and dependent on God. And there's been some sweet moments in that in this crazy year. There's been moments of stillness and quietness and times that we have had to decide that so much is out of our control, that we've had to be fully dependent on our Creator, God of the universe, that He cares for us and He wants us to make that decision and then trust Him along the way. So I know many of you, you've made your decision. Maybe you're still guessing or second guessing your decision of what you've decided for your children. We're all making our choices for our family based on different set of options. What the same for my family is not the same for others. But during this time, I would think making decisions, it's been really hard to find facts and truth. Everybody's kind of seems to have their own set of facts and their own set of truth, depending on what website or who you're following on Instagram or social media. It's really hard to find truth. And it's finally, it's like, you have to stop listening to all of it and go to God with your decision. But like I said, I've been getting the question of what did my family decide to do? What did my husband and I decide for our children? And we are very fortunate. Um, my son, he's in preschool. He will be in kindergarten next year. But his school actually continued to go the whole time, even during the the pandemic's kind of heightened moments of March and April. Their school never shut down because it was more like a daycare and there were working moms who needed it. So for me personally, I removed him for about four weeks to remove him from the equation to keep him home and not around people in case there were working moms who really needed to rely on the school service. But after about four weeks, <laughs> I'm here to tell you the truth. I gave him the boot and I said, yeah, four weeks is enough, kid. You are going back to school. So his school continued to operate. As far as my daughter, we've been very fortunate to have her in a private school. I know that's not an option for everybody. My husband and I, that is a sacrifice that this family makes that we've made as a priority. I grew up in public school my whole life, but um, I've just I've made that decision for my my little girl, and for the time period and the time in life we are for her to be in private school. And that might be a conversation for another day. I know that's not an option for everybody. However, her school is operating five days a week. Her school does not uh, make mask mandatory. It's, an, it's optional to the parents and the decision of the parents. That I'm thankful for. Because once again, this podcast, this episode is based on my personal opinion. There's no medical advice. I'm not a professional. This is my own opinion. I was asked my opinion. That's why I'm sharing it. Many of you might disagree. But for me personally, 
I did not want the school or the government to mandate that my child was going to have to wear a mask. I thought that that, for me, the principle of the matter, that was up to me and my decision for my child. So if they had mandated us to wear a mask, I was going to have issues with that. But with that said, I look at children, I'd rather just keep washing their hands and for them not to touch their face. When my children, they're actually pretty good when they do have to wear a mask. They have self-control. They don't touch their face a whole lot comparative to some other children, but they still touch their face more than they normally would because I live in South Florida. It's hot. It's irritating. My kids are sweating or they got an itch and they were just in Walmart and now they got to itch their nose. They're children. But I do think masks, they work if you use them correctly 100% of the time. And to this day, I have not seen even adults or children wear their mask correctly 100% of the time, whether it's below their nose, they're moving it with their dirty hands and putting it in their pocket. So I've had a hard time with that. If you're going to wear it, wear it correctly. So for me and my, for my children, my little girl does not have to wear a mask. My son does not have to wear a mask in their school. And I'm okay with that. I'm at peace with it. But my husband and I, we are at peace with our children going back to as normal as life as they can. And so I'm very thankful for that. And once again, I know that's not been an option for many people depending on where they live. But when we were making our decision, my husband has always reminded me not to be emotional in decision-making, but to use the facts. And that is regarding anything, whether that's, I see something on Instagram and it gets me fired up, or my friend said this and it gets me fired up. My husband always teased. He's kind of like a steady Eddie. He always wants to know the facts. And for me, the facts were not there that my children were in danger going to school. I looked at a study by the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services, and I live in Florida, but this was done through, I believe, Duke University. And... It was talking about children and schools. And it stated, rates of COVID infections are lower for children than for adults. Children may be less likely to become infected after exposure. Children have mostly mild or asymptomatic illnesses if infected. If infected, children may be less likely to infect others with COVID-19. Unlike the flu and other respiratory illnesses, Children are ineffective spreaders and may not be a major factor in spread. It also says studies from China and Hong Kong suggest school closures did not contribute to the control of the epidemic. And it also said early modeling studies of COVID predict school closures alone would prevent only 2 to 4% of deaths. But the study also, it was from American Academy of Pediatric. And after it points out the data and evidence of low transmission in children and in schools, and it stressed that schools are fundamental to children's development and well-being, the academic instruction, the social and emotional skills, the safety of children, the reliable nutrition that kids get while they're in school, their physical speech and mental health and therapy, and the opportunities for physical activity for children at school that is so important in their development. You know, it stressed the importance of in-person learning. And this is also, it stressed the critical role in addressing just um, racial and social issues. And then it warned about the cautions that we should be taking about the negative impacts of children and families because of school closures. There's a decrease in learning gains. 
Um, there's a difficulty in identify, identifying and addressing learning um, disabilities with children. And then there's an increase in the social, emotional, and the mental health concerns with the reduced ability to identify and address these issues. So when you look at the facts, the facts weren't there. So I'm at peace. And once again, this is my personal opinion. And I know this doesn't work. You, Some people have children that have some health issues or maybe even in your family, you're trying to protect some elderly that might live with you. There's a lot of factors. And what works for my family might not work for yours. And just like over the last year, there's just a lot of division on opinions and everybody thinks their opinion is correct. You know, I've had parents that have emailed me that are very upset with their schools not making it mandatory for children to wear masks. There's some people that are upset that their children are made to wear masks. There's people who have been upset with the school districts and the decisions that they've made. Because many of the school districts that they sent out have sent out surveys. They wanted to know what parents thought kind of beginning of the summer. And looking at the CDC guidelines, they were able to have it. They said that they were going to have um, in-person education. And then all of a sudden, these school districts changed it on these parents. And there's just been a lot of debate over schools this year. And I just want to stress, I'm sharing my opinion. But during this time, for parents who are worried, that is personally something I've never struggled with. I don't worry that over my children. Because during the pandemic, I shared a story on one of the episodes that our children will imitate us. I remember it was a crazy day, the pandemic, the walls were closing in on our house. And I shared the story of I was yelling at my children for yelling. And I looked at myself and I'm like, oh my goodness, they're yelling because they've seen and heard me do it over the last couple of weeks. And now they're doing what they've learned and I'm yelling at them for doing it. So it's like, we have to show grace to one another. But our children will imitate us. If you worry, they are going to worry. If you panic, they will panic. If you are stressed, they will stress. But if you're calm, if you're discerning, if you're submitting to the Lord these concerns, they will see their parents do it and they will do likewise. But I do think it's important for parents that we remember to show grace, grace to ourselves, for those moms or dads who are trying to still balance work, or maybe those who have taken on full time investing into your children, investing into their education, to show grace to yourselves and to one another is stressful times for everybody. It's a learning curve for everybody to show grace. Let's show grace to our educators and to the administrators in our school districts. For our teachers, many of this, this is new to all of them as well, to show grace. We don't need to be calling them, emailing them with every complaint we have. They don't need that added stress. I, you know, I might have some concerns or say something. For the most part, I've kept them, actually, for all the part, I have not stressed one opinion to my school. I'm very thankful for their hard work that they have put in this year trying to be creative and innovative and to make it possible for my children to go to school. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. No system is perfect out there, but I'm grateful and I'm not gonna complain. I'm showing them grace. I wanna encourage you to show grace. Show grace to your spouse. This is once again, 2020 has been stressful on many different accounts. All of our emotions are high, whether it's from the economy, maybe we've lost loved ones. We see the racial division and divide in this country. Now we're in a political year and all the ugliness that politics has to bring. 
I want to remind you to speak kindly to one another in your family. Show your spouse grace. And to the teachers, I want to tell you, thank you. I know this has been hard and difficult. Y'all have stepped up to the front line. Most of you, there are some teachers that out there who are not stepping up to the line. And I read this article, and this is not condemning. It was just a very interesting article with a very unique perspective and a platform. It was a woman. She was a nurse in New York fighting on the fight, the front lines of COVID. And she's married to a public school teacher in New York. And when New York was considering to go on strike and their teachers, and maybe they're still considering that. I think I saw that in the news. Her husband says, no, we cannot go on strike because he understands on a deep personal level, because of his wife was a nurse, his duty to serve his country, even in the classroom. And she also went on to write, Teachers signed up to be a positive adult presence in children's lives and to help them grow up with their peers at school and away from home. We need them to follow through, even though it's a challenge. Yes, it's going to be hard. It's going to be stressful. It's not going to be perfect. I can't think of one time that there was actually, and her husband is saying this, he goes, I actually can't think of a time that we actually had hand soap in the men's bathroom. And so he was looking at the good. He goes, now we're definitely going to have hand soap into the bathroom. And I thought that was a funny point. But she says, everyone is going to have to go above and beyond. But teachers are smart and they're adaptable and they can do this. And that is so true. Every single person this year has had to go above and beyond, whether they're working at Walmart and the grocery store, whether in our postal service, whether they're in our healthcare system on the front line serving COVID, or whether we're stay-at-home moms and we've had to adapt and take on the full role of teaching our children. We've had to adapt, but we're strong and we're capable of doing so. So for the teachers out there, I wanna thank you. You know, we expect our children to have a spirit of flexibility We expect them to have a willingness to learn and to try new things. And we expect our children to be kind in the moments of difficulty. That's what we're teaching. So I'm thankful for the teachers who have chosen to overcome these obstacles and challenges with compassion and creativity and innovation, because I know this is so difficult. It's difficult to teach children with face mask on and why they're in a little pod. I think my friend was just telling me her kids in preschool have had to go in to these classrooms by themselves because the parents aren't allowed to take them. And these children can't even see, they're four years old, can't even see their teacher's face because of a face mask. And that's very, you know, they can't see their teacher smile. They don't know their teacher loves them or cares for them. All they see is this stranger in a mask and how difficult that is for children. So for teachers out there, I know this is difficult and this is new. It's new to all of us but I wanna thank you for your service. But once again, whatever you and your family have decided, make sure you're trusting in God. As the days continue to go on, it's probably gonna shift and change on us again. There might be an outbreak of COVID in your school and it gets shut down. This year keeps shifting on of us. So make sure every day that you take your concerns to the Lord, that He's your ability. He upholds you with his righteous right hand. He sustains you through these difficult times. Take those fearful moments. You know, fear can cripple us. It can change our behaviors and 
how we treat people, but I want to remind you, we're not meant to operate in fear. We are to find peace and to rest fully in God. And I know some people are still very fearful of giving COVID. They're fearful of going out. And many of you have health concerns and underlining health issues that it is a big concern. And for those people who might not see it as a big concern, this isn't something to be divided on. Make sure you're loving and kind and gracious towards one another, even if you have difference in opinions. We don't need to be a church that is divided on this issue. Everybody's trying to do their best and nobody's right or wrong in this moment, I don't believe. So make sure for those who are fearful that we show grace to. And parents, 2020, yes, that's brought a lot of changes. There are more changes to come. Our schedules are not concrete and teaching is difficult. Everybody's learning as they go. But when you get anxious and you start worrying about tomorrow, remember when we are to worry, we are to pray. Those are the times to pray. Get on your knees and surrender it to the Lord that He would give you the guidance and the wisdom, the creativity to to raise your children, to educate your children, and trust Him with these days that we are facing. Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do not fear because He's with us. He will strengthen you and He will help you. In these moments when you're frustrated with your children and you don't understand the math and you're having a hard time or the Zoom calls aren't going very well. My uh, my poor sister-in-law, her, the first day she went to back to work last week, she gets an email from the teacher that her two boys were fighting and fist fighting on the Zoom call. And I just started laughing because this is crazy world that we are in. Um, there's no telling what teachers are seeing on the Zoom calls and what parents are having to deal with. But remember that God will strengthen you in these days. He will help you along the way. And whatever way you need help, He's gonna help you along the way. But we also just need to be able to laugh at these moments, to show some humor. And once again, I'm gonna say it again, to be gracious towards one another. But Psalm 94, 19 also says, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. So many of us have anxiety that are ruling in our hearts. It's great. It's overwhelming to us. But God's consolation brought me joy. To remember that, to be in God's word, it's God's word and wisdom that will be your foundation during this time. It will be the solid rock you stand on. And before we close, I want to remind you too that this has been a difficult year all over the board, from little things to the big things. And I want to remind you and your family to praise God in the midst of this year. Because we can look at all the bad, but I choose to look at some of the good. There's been great stillness for me and my family. There's been a quietness between me and the Lord and just a sweet time in my devotions with Him. There's been quality time with my family. It's been more time with my family in the last couple months than I have since my son's been born. And I'm so thankful. I needed rest. My work schedule had been really busy. I needed rest. And I'm thankful for the quality time and the rest that 2020's brought. For many people, that might not be the case, but find the good. I've told you in uh, episodes before, 
I practice that my children, my brother's family taught this to us, but my children and my husband do every night around the dinner table. Even if we have guests at our dinner table, we do something called our peaks and our pits. Your peak is the best thing of the day. Your pit might be the worst thing. The only rule is your pit cannot be about somebody at the table. For instance, my daughter's pit can't be about her brother. My pit can't be about my husband or vice versa. But it's a great way to draw us in to praise God for the good things. Remember, God is good and He is gracious. Praise Him in the midst of this chaotic year. And to the parents and maybe grandparents who are stepping in and helping and assisting, we can do this and take it day by day, one step at a time. But when you rise, before you get out of bed, surrender your steps to Jesus and at the foot of the cross. Once again, thank you for joining me, Sissy Graham Lynch, on another episode of Fearless. I'm always thankful for your support and you tuning in. Follow me on social media, whether that's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Have a great day. God bless and thank you. Thank you.